Hallelujah. That was some good praise and worship tonight, wouldn't you say? I'm telling you right now, we broke some barriers tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, are you ready to give tonight? I know some of you have been preparing an offering for six months for tonight. Amen. Tonight we're bringing a breakthrough offering. And I want to read a little bit, share a couple of scriptures before we give tonight. So we didn't receive an offering last night. We didn't receive an offering this morning because we wanted to focus our giving here tonight. Amen. And we just want you to give your best to the Lord. Can you say amen? The book of Proverbs tells us that we need to honor the Lord. Look at somebody and say, honor the Lord. Go to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 says, My child, never forget the things that I have taught you, and store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart, and then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Verse 7. Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Your wisdom is evil in the sight of God. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. In the book of Matthew, it says there's people that honor Him with their lips only. But we need to honor Him with our hearts and with our wealth. Can you say amen? Amen. Say, where my treasure is, there my heart will also be. If you're going to honor Him with your heart, you have to honor Him with your treasure. You cannot separate the gold from your worship. The gold is part of your worship. Look at the person next to you. Tell them your wealth is part of your worship. You see, it takes you 40 to 60 hours a week to produce the paycheck you produce. That paycheck represents your life. You get up in the morning, 7 a.m. or earlier. You take a shower. You get dressed. You put your makeup on. You put your cologne on. You get ready for work. You go to work. You work 8, 10 hours a day. Some people work two jobs. And you produce that, that money. The end of the week, that paycheck represents your time, your energy, the work of your hands. And God gave you the ability to produce that wealth. 
And when we say to God, God, I'm not trusting in the money. I trust in you. I trust that you give me the wisdom and the power to produce wealth, Lord God. And when we honor the Lord with our wealth, it shows that we do not trust in things, but that we trust in Him. I'm preaching to the choir here, but I'm just encouraging you tonight. And then it says, He will fill your barns with grain, your vats will overflow with new wine. What I've come to realize over the years is that anytime the Lord is getting ready for you to step into a new season, He always requires an offering. Look at the person next to you and tell him, when you're getting ready to step in a new season, God always requires an offering. There's an offering attached to it. I remember when I was living in South Africa... In the last century, my dream was to live in the United States of America. When I was 13, 14 years old, suddenly I had a desire to live in the United States. And so my desire was to live in the United States of America. But how does somebody who grew up on a farm who doesn't know anybody in the United States get here? I don't think you understand the strict governmental laws in getting into the United States of America legally. I said legally. <laughs> if you want to do it the right way, it's very, very challenging. And so I remember moving to Cape Town, getting baptized. And I had fully committed my life to the Lord. I was ready for anything the Lord wanted to do in my life. And I was working for my brother, and we had come to an agreement that I would train for three months, and then he'd start paying me a thousand a month. And he was going to move up to Johannesburg and launch another office up there, and I would run his Cape Town office. And so for three months, I was in training, and I was getting ready to. You know, start a job and just start a new season. And while I was in service one Sunday morning, the pastor got up and he read this passage of Scripture out of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. So he brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was Gibeon, so the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. Look at the person next to you and say, a thousand burnt offerings. We're talking about a thousand sheep. You know how much blood that is. You know how much meat a thousand sheep is. That's a lot of work. And here Solomon gave a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. 
That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. And Solomon replied, you showed great faith and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and unfailing love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or death of your enemies... I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized he had a dream. <laughs> he returned to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And then he invited all of his officials to a great banquet. And so when the pastor got up and read that passage of scripture and he said, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar, and that night God visited him in a dream. When he said that, I knew that I was getting a thousand rand at the end of the month, and faith substance dropped into my heart, and I knew that if I gave that money, that thousand, didn't go spend it on what I wanted, if I went and honored the Lord with a thousand, that God would show up in my life the way he showed up in Solomon's life. I just knew it in my heart. Look at the person next to you. Say faith substance. When faith substance drops in your heart, you know that you know that you know that you know that if you will do what God is showing you, you'll have what God says you can have. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord said to me he was going to visit me. I wanted more than anything to have an encounter with God. And so three months came. It was a Thursday afternoon. I got my check for a thousand rand. I went to the bank. I cashed the check. I drove to the church. Five minutes till the church closed. I got an offering envelope. I put the money in the envelope and I handed it to the secretary at the church. It wasn't a Sunday morning. It wasn't some special offering service. It was the faith I had in my heart that if I gave that offering, something was going to shift. Look at the person next to you 
and say, you got to have faith in your heart when you give. See, you don't want to give an offering that is, there's no faith behind your offering. You want to give an offering of faith. Why? Because Hebrews eleven six 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so there has to be faith to be pleasing to God. And that means that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And tonight is a night where we're giving a special offering. I've already spoken to this church. If you're new here this weekend, you popped in, or you've just come to the church recently, we've been working six months for this night. This isn't something that just popped up here the last month we decided to have a conference. No, six months ago, we already positioned this church and said, when Pure Conference comes, ask the Lord what it is that He would have you give on that night. And we handed out offering envelopes. And we said, listen to hear what the Lord is saying. Some people in here, they received amounts from the Lord. They didn't have that money available. But over the last six months, the Lord has put the seed in their hands because they've chosen to to obey the Lord and ask the Lord, what is it that you would have me give? And the Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. There's other people in here that have been taking extra money from extra jobs and different things and putting it in for seed. They've made a commitment to the Lord. And they're saying, tonight, God, when I bring my seed, there's going to be a breakthrough. And I told you to speak over your seed and to use tonight's moment of giving as when you drop your offering in the envelope, let it be a moment where your faith is released for the thing you've been believing God for. Can you say amen? And all I can tell you is when I brought that offering to the Lord, I don't know how it happened, but heaven literally opened over my life for eight months. I could tangibly feel heaven on me everywhere I went for eight months. And in that eight-month period, the Holy Spirit began to train me and teach me everything that I needed to know for the ministry position I was getting ready to step into that I had no idea was coming. And that ministry position was in the United States of America. Look at the person next to you. Say, if you'll surrender your life to God and you'll be obedient to honor Him with your wealth, He will bless you and open doors of favor for you. And the very dreams that are in your heart will come to pass in your life. And so that was the faith offering that I sowed to break me through into the United States of America. Look at somebody and tell them nothing just happens. So I'm going to say this to you. This is not a formula. You can't give $1,000 tonight and think you're going to get a visitation from God. That's not what I'm saying. Look at the person next to you and say, you got to do it by faith. you got to hear what God is saying. And then you've got to obey his voice. And that's where the breakthrough is. Right before we started the church, in 2007, there was a conference that happened that year. And Missy had gone to Jacksonville with Paige. And I was home with Blade. Ryzen wasn't around yet. I think Blade was like four or five years old. 
And um, I had to have him with me for the conference the whole weekend. And I told Blade, I said, Blade, if you'll hang with me the whole weekend and come with me to church and work and do what we have to do, on Monday morning when I have the day off, we'll do whatever you want to do for the day. And um, Star Wars, I think. Was it Star Wars that had come out? It was Fantastic Four. One of the movies had come out that Blade really wanted to watch. And um, so that, that weekend, Friday afternoon, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to give in the conference this weekend? And so the Lord said to me, I want you to give $50. I heard the voice of the Lord clearly, $50. And I had like almost 300 bucks in the account. I said, that's easy. Tons of money left over. I can give 50 bucks. So I'm driving to the bank. I'm going the back roads through uh, wherever that place is, in, going into St. Lucie West. And while I'm driving, just worshiping the Lord, going to the bank, the Lord says to me, I don't want you to get the money from the bank. I want you to get the money from under your bed. And so I started having a conversation with the Lord. Lord, I don't have any money under my bed. And so I said, but I heard the voice so clearly, so I turned the car around and I drove back home. And when I walked into the house, I remembered that I had a special flat, low-lying bucket that would slide under my bed, a little tub. And I went into my room and I pulled the tub out from under the bed. And then I'm a little treasure collector. I don't know if we have any people that collect special little treasures. Oh, God. Everything has sentimental value, and you put it in a special little place. And so I popped this thing open, and then I had a purple bag with a gold thingy, my bobby. And I opened that up. And in that bag was half-dollar silver coins that I had been collecting. It was royalty, okay? It was velvety. It was special. And so I counted the coins. I had spent eight years collecting these coins, and it was very special to me. When you collect something for eight years and you, you know, stashing it in there, it's got value to you. It, didn't, it wasn't much in the natural, but it had a place in my heart. Look at the person next to you and say, there's a treasure that has a place in your heart. And God wants that space in your heart. And sometimes he'll test you to see if you'd be willing to give up that thing that is so precious to you. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if God ever asks you, to give something precious from your heart, he's going to give you something precious from his heart. But I didn't know that. You never know it beforehand. You only find out if you're obedient afterwards. And so I counted the money out, and it was $42. And so I said, Lord, you made a mistake. 
You've got to come up with whatever excuse you need not to give what you don't want to give. God, I'll give you this shirt. I'll give you those shoes. Lord, I'll give you my wife. Whatever you want. <laughs> you know, you bargain with the Lord. I never said my wife, and I would never, because he gave me her. He did. It was just a joke to get a reaction out of you, Siobhan. <laughs> and so, oh yeah, tomorrow, Missy's going to grab the mic. I'm in trouble. And so, I, I had to make a decision. Was I going to obey the Lord, or was I going to keep what was precious to me? And so, I had Blade take my little gold, I mean, my little purple bag, velvet bag, which was priestly. And during the offering, he went and put it on the altar. And I, I, gave, I gave the treasure. And let me say this. About six months later, I was digging that same box under my bed, and I found a wallet. It was a leather wallet, and when I opened it up, I had four $2 bills in there. And the Lord ex knew exactly how much money I had underneath my bed. And that's when I repented. Because I had told the Lord, you made a mistake. There was only $42, God. And six months later, when I found the other $6, it struck me so hard that God knows every detail of my life, even the amount of money I've hidden underneath my bed, even when I don't know how much I have. That's when it's like, and you get a revelation that God is a little smarter than you. He knows a little more than you know. So let me tell you what happened Monday morning. Monday morning, Blade and I were at Walmart at like 6.45 a.m. to go buy him a movie. Because I had promised him that we would do whatever he wanted to do that day. He had never woken up that early before in his life. He had never been that excited about anything in his life. And Walmart at 7 a.m. is a ghost town. It is the best time to go shopping at Walmart. You got the whole place to yourself. And so we walked in there. We couldn't find the movie, but we found some other movie. I don't know what it was. It's the Silver Surfer. Fantastic for the Silver Surfer. Oh, you don't worry. It's a good movie. So we got home. We popped popcorn at 7.45 in the morning. We put the movie on, and we watched it the first time. Great movie. Blade's like, let's watch it again. I said, yeah, let's watch it again. Pop some more popcorn. <laughs> Watch the movie the second time. Four hours later, two movies down. Blade says, let's watch it again. And I wasn't as enthusiastic the third time around. I said, no, Blade, we're not watching it again. And then he got mad at me and pitched a fit. Not Blade. And then I got angry with him and threatened to spank him. Not me. Not Blade. And then he looked at me and he said, you're so mean. 
this five-year-old. Now, I had promised that I'd do whatever he wanted to do. And now I wasn't fulfilling my promise, and I'm going to beat him over it because he's got an attitude. And then he looks at me and says, you're so mean. And when he said that to me, the power of God hit me. And my heart shattered. Because I didn't have a relationship with my father. And all I wanted was to have that relationship with my dad. And what I didn't realize is that I was already set up by the enemy for that generational curse to happen again in my life. And when he said to me, you're so mean, the anointing hit me, hit me and broke something on the inside of me. And I, began, I, I, I did everything I could to hold the tears back. I popped another thing of popcorn. <laughs> and so I popped more popcorn. I put the movie on and I said, Blade, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. And I went in my room and I called my spiritual mom. And I told her what happened. And I was shaking under the power of God, just weeping. God breaking my heart. God turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And I, <laughs> my spiritual mom, she prayed for me. And she said, okay. I'm going to leave you in the prisons of the Lord. That day broke something off my life. But let me tell you the encounter I had in my bedroom that morning. As I lay on the floor, just weeping, snot and tears, shaking on the floor. We're going to be here late. If you have to leave, you can go. We're going to be here a while. Ah. Yeah, those that left the upper room, yeah, yeah, I know. As I lay on the floor, imagine being that guy on the day of Pentecost. Right before the gift of the Holy Ghost is going to come. He said, Ahmed, I can't stay here anymore. We've waited many days. So anyway, back to my story. <clears throat> I was lying on the floor weeping, like just a mess. And I went into a vision. I have a lot of those, I know. But then Jesus began to show me my heart. And he began to show me my pride. It's like, it was like a, a 180 degree video wall appeared in front of me. And there were just these TV screens all the way around. 
And then I looked at the first video. It popped out and, and, and began to play in front of me. And the Lord showed me my pride through his eyes. And then when you have your heart exposed before the Lord like that, there is a godly sorrow that hits you, and you weep from within in a way you've never wept before. And then Jesus pulled it out of me. He delivered, I had a deliverance session with Jesus himself. And then he, he pulled the next video out. The first one was my pride. The second one, and he, he's talking to me while he's showing me the video. He says, you don't really love people. <laughs> it hurts. He says, you show favoritism to people. You only help those that will help you. And he's showing me the videos of me doing this while he's talking to me. On judgment day, you will stand before the Lord and there will be no way of escape because he'll replay your life before you. And your life will be judged by your own heart. See, a lot of people say, I had a vision, I had an encounter, but their life didn't change. I don't, have, I don't say I have visions and encounters with God to sound spiritual. Can you say amen? The Lord needs to speak to me. The Lord needs to correct me. The Lord needs to impart wisdom in me. The Lord needs to show me my identity. He needs to show me why I'm here and what my purpose is. He needs to conform me into His image. Can you say amen? And so when the Lord got done showing me the movie about my life and how wicked my heart was, I was a mess. I was, I was finished. I was on the floor just like I had, my, I had heart surgery. I got my heart ripped out, basically, on that floor that morning. And then something really interesting happened. I saw the Lord Jesus walk over to me. I saw his feet, and I saw the hem of his robe. This is so hard. You guys don't understand how challenging my life is right now. The Lord walked over to me. I saw his feet. He was wearing sandals. I call him Jerusalem off-roads. And I saw the hem of his garment. And when he walked over to me, I saw he had a shovel in his right hand. And I was lying on the ground, and in this encounter, I became the ground. I was part of the ground. And he took this shovel, and he, he, he stuck it in my chest. And when he put the shovel in my chest, I saw a tree that was growing out of my heart. And the tree was dead. It was just a dead tree with no leaves and no fruit. And he took the shovel and he, he cut one side. He cut the second side. He cut the third side. He cut the fourth side. And he took his right hand and he ripped this tree, roots and all, right out of my chest. And he took another tree that had the exact same shape that he had cut out of my chest. And he put a brand new tree on the inside of me. 
And when that tree went into me, I watched the roots of that tree grow through darkness, break through into the light of heaven, go into the storehouses of heaven, and the roots began to draw a sap out of heaven. And I watched that sap come through the the roots, and when it hit the tree, I saw the tree in full bloom with fruit, with leaves flourishing, The tree disappeared and a fountain came out of me. And at the top of this fountain, if you've ever seen one of those slot machines that spin and then it stops, and it's like jackpot, seven, seven, seven. It was a wheel within a wheel spinning on top of this river that was flowing out of me. And every time it stopped, I would see keys, I'd see buildings, I'd see cars, I'd see technology, I saw Just an abundance of things. I saw body parts. I saw eyeballs. I saw hands. They're in in the storehouses of heaven. In the heart of God, there is fullness of provision. Everything that you need for your life, God has available for you. And the Lord showed me that right before we launched the ministry. When did the ministry launch? When the economy crashed in 2008. And I want you to know that once you see the provision that's available to you in the kingdom of God, and you answer the call and begin to walk with the Lord, you'll never lack a day in your life. Can you say amen? Say it's tied to the wisdom of God. My relationship with my son, we don't have anything between us. We work together. (laughs) It's like we're one. I can't even explain it. We think the same. We eat the same. We drink the same. We hear God the same. We worship. It's the coolest thing. So, you know, the Lord asks you to give $50 under your bed, but then he shows you what he has available in heaven for you, and he breaks a generational curse out of your life. Because of a $50 seed that was valuable in my heart. Say, when the Lord asks you for something precious, that is, means something to your heart. That's a treasure in your heart. And you give it to Him. He will give you something from His heart. Let me read you another passage of Scripture in the In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, If you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in larger ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you will not be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Proverbs 3.15 says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire compares with her. Family, there are treasures, endless treasures that are available in Christ. But if you cannot be trusted with worldly resources, and we will not honor God with our wealth, we'll never tap the true riches of heaven. And I'm here to tell you tonight that over doing, doing this for over 25, 30 years of ministry, I've come to learn and realize that money is connected to the heart. 
And when we'll honor God with our money and we'll obey him and give what he asks us to give, no matter what it is, if we'll be obedient, we'll always see breakthroughs. There is a direct connection in your worship and your honoring God to your resources. And every one of us, God has given different gifting and different ability. And according to the abilities God has given us, we produce wealth at different levels. Look at the person next to you and say, each one of us produce wealth on different levels. And so a widow giving one mite, a tiny little thing, Jesus standing at the offering plate watching what each person gives. And a poor widow woman gives two pennies. And the Lord marveled at her. But there were many wealthy people that walked by and threw in sums of money far greater than what that widow woman gave. But it's all about the heart. And it's all in relation to what you have. And so maybe to me, giving $100 is a lot. To you could mean nothing. Maybe to you giving $10,000 is a lot, but to somebody else, it's nothing. And so you have to honor God in relation to what you have. Can you say amen? So when we're getting, <clears throat> when we're getting ready to build our house, the Lord spoke to me in 2005 and He said, I'm going to restore your family. You're going to start a business. You're going to expand the business. You're going to build your home. It'll be debt-free, and you'll have an international ministry. This was back in 2005. And over the last 15 years, and longer, 17 years, 18 years, whatever it is, we stepped out, and we just started following what the Lord had for us. He would speak to us, do this, do that, quit your job, leave this place, do this, start that. And over the last 15 years, we have seen the Lord fulfill what He promised to us. And as we were getting ready to come to the season where we were getting ready to build our home and step into international ministry, we rolled into 2020. Coming into 2021, in the middle of COVID, and I read the story about the woman with the alabaster box. It was an expensive perfume that was saved for a special occasion and was worth a year's worth of wages. And she came in before Jesus. She broke this expensive perfume over her, over him, and anointed him for his death, burial, and resurrection. And the disciples that were in the room, a.k.a. Judas, who was a thief, he looked at this and said, what a waste. And Jesus said, leave the woman alone. She was doing it as an act of worship. And I read that story. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give a year's worth of wages. And I was like, tilt. A year's worth of wages, God. How am I going to give a year's worth of wages? If I give everything I earn in the year, I'll have nothing. 
How do you give a year's worth of wages? I don't have it in my bank. And I knew the Lord wanted me to give it from the church. And so I looked at the income for the church in 2020. It was $125,000 for the year, which isn't much. Some churches bring in millions a week. We're not a big church. And so 120000 had come in the previous year. And I said to the congregation, the Lord wants us to give a year's worth of wages. Who was here when I announced that, when the Lord spoke it to me? And so we made the commitment to do what the Lord said. We didn't know how it was going to happen. But we announced it. We said, this is what the Lord wants us to do. And then the very first opportunity we had to give, we had Kieran and Jamie here from Overland Missions. And while we were interviewing him on the stage, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, give him $25,000. $25,000 was our entire giving budget for the previous year. The Lord wanted us to give the whole budget in one shot. Like, you know, just start off like that, Jesus. Go ahead. So I got up on the stage here and announced before the whole congregation who was here for that moment, we're going to sow $25,000 into your ministry. There goes the giving budget. But you said, Lord, give a year's worth of wages. Then we had other opportunity. Every time an opportunity came up for us to sow, I would say, Lord, what do you want us to give? The Lord said, give 10000 here. Give 25000 there. Give money here. Give money there. I didn't look at the bank account. I just said, Lord, what do you want us to give? And then when I went to go give the money, somehow the money was there. And by the end of the year, we had calculated it was $228,000 that we'd given in one year. The year before, we gave $25,000. One year later, after God saying, give a year's worth of wages, He supernaturally increased the amount of money that came into your hands in one year. That money came through your hands. And we had brought in 330000 that year. And let me tell you this, but we haven't gone under that since then. And we're still giving the 25000 a year to Jamie and Kieran at Overland Missions. Let me, let me tell you another story, and then I'll come back to this one. Elsa being my spiritual mom, she came to America uh, for a week. She was in South Africa. She came for a week while we were at our Oleander Commercial Center. She came to minister to us, to us, and she was here. And we did some home meetings with her and Bible study with her. And at the end of the couple of days, she asked me to, to pray and close the meetings. So I prayed and closed the meetings. And as I was closing the meeting, I had a vision. In the vision, <clears throat> I saw her flying on an airplane and it had the South African flag on the tail, and I knew she was flying back to South Africa. And while she was flying back to South Africa, the plane started flying into the sun. And I saw radiation coming out of the sun, going into the plane, going into her body, into her innermost being. And the Lord said, prophesy that radiant glory is coming into her life. And so I got up in the meeting. I shared the vision. And I, I prophesied that radiant glory was going to be imparted into her life as she flew back to South Africa. 
The next morning, I'm in the kitchen, 7.30, making lunches for the kids, cutting fruit and making sandwiches. And while I'm half asleep in my PJs, putting sandwiches together, the Lord says to me, clearly, audibly, in the kitchen, I want you to sow into the radiant glory that you prophesied was coming into her life. You get what I'm saying? I gave her a word, and then the Lord said, I showed you the radiant glory was coming. Now sow into the radiant glory that's coming into her life. So <laughs> we got all the money we could get together. It was like $2,200. We went in the safe. We went everywhere. We scrounged every corner and pulled the best offering we could put together. It was like $2,200, and we sowed it. And I said to the Lord, Lord, you, you said to me that I could wear the glory man lost in the garden. And I said to the Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm sowing this seed into the radiant glory, but I want to wear the glory. I want to wear that dominion mantle that man had in the garden. I don't want to miss one single thing that Jesus paid the price for. And so the whole year I'm declaring and prophesying, I'm going to step into the radiant glory. The Lord told me to sow into the glory. And I'm confessing and I'm declaring. In that year, the Lord said to me, you've made two vows to give money to people and you haven't fulfilled those vows. And within that year, the Lord brought resources in my hand to fulfill those vows. A year later, I went to Pastor Caleb's church in Claremont. I don't know if I was ministering there. I was at a meeting there. And I was crying out to the Lord for the glory. I came back home. I was in the shower. Look at the person next to you. Say, God can speak to you anywhere. So I'm in the shower and I'm doing business with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you told me that I could wear the glory man lost in the garden. And I said, Lord, you told me to sow into the radiant glory that I prophesied was coming into Alcibi's life. Where is this glory, God? And then the Lord asked me a question. Look at the person next to you and say, the Lord can correct you with a simple question. And the Lord said to me, when I told you to sow into the radiant glory that you prophesied was coming into her life, did I tell you it was a one-time thing? And since that day, we have not failed to sow every single month into her life. Can you say amen? amen? What am I sharing with you? I'm sharing with you my personal relationship with God. Tonight, I'm being open. I'm showing you my most vulnerable moments. I'm telling you my personal stories where God's been delivering me from the junk in my heart. I'm telling you stories about how God corrects me. I'm telling you real stories about how God changes my life. This is the relationship I have with the Lord. This is how He works with me. And this is how He wants to work with you. It'll look a little different than it looks with me, but it's the same thing. He wants to correct you because He loves you. And if you'll cry out to him, he'll answer you. If you'll ask him questions, he'll talk back to you. And so 
In that same year, 2021, when the Lord told us to sow a year's worth of wages, the Lord wanted to bring us into a place of increase. And the Bible says that if in the measure that you sow, you'll reap. God is not mocked. So if you sow hundreds, you'll reap hundreds. If you sow thousands, you'll reap thousands. If you throw, sow tens of thousands, you'll reap tens of thousands. You break different levels. And when you break into that level, not because you're trying to impress God, but because God says, sow at this level. Oh, listen to me now. I'm saying something right now. God says, sow at this level. And you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to break into this new boundary. I've never sowed on this level before. I've never sowed a year's worth of wages before. I don't know how I'm going to do it, God, but I'm going to do it. And then when you step just to say, yes, God, and you say, I'll stand on your word, somehow the Lord provides. And he can show you his ability to provide resources in your life. And when you break into that level, you stay sustained at that level. The Lord told us to establish business to support ministry. Everything that we do in ministry here flows out of the overflow of the business we started. We don't take salaries from the church. Our business pays our salaries. Are you with me? I have no pressure. Lights are paid. Whether you give or not, it doesn't really matter to me. It's not going to change what we're doing. But it'll change your life if you'll obey God. And I've worked for ministries where they owe the bank so much money that they have to put pressure on people to give. Otherwise, they're going under. And we have no pressure to preach. That's why I can say whatever I want to say. And if you get offended and leave, it doesn't hurt the bank. I'm going to say what God wants me to say. And I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to be some religious idiot. I'm just going to give it to you raw. And I'm going to give it to you real. And who I'm here on a Sunday and a Friday and whatever day it is, I'm the same guy at home. There's no acting here. My wife and I are real here. We'll tell you when we're hurting. We'll tell you when we're mad. We'll tell you when we make mistakes. We, we live our lives as like this, this glass house that people can look at. We've got nothing to hide. But what I don't like is when people throw stones at our glass house. You're going to get hurt then. Because my wife's a shield maiden. I'm not going to hurt you. She is. She doesn't need guns. Do not buy her guns. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to. To bless Pastor Rodney, I want you to give him $2,500. And that was like everything we had in our savings account at the time. So we wrote a card. We put the money in it. We went to minister's conference. And we gave him the the money and we blessed him. The minute I put the money in his hand, the Lord said to me, now give him $5,000. 
It's like, God, I just gave him everything I had. I don't have $5,000, God. But I said, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. If you say give him five, then you're going to provide the $5,000. And by the three months later, I had the $5,000. The Lord provided it. So I sowed the $5,000. It was, it was heaps. And I walked up to him. I had a five grand in hundreds. I walked up to him at lunch, and I slapped his hand. I said, heaps. And I kept walking. And the minute I put the money in his hand and walked away, the Lord said, now give him 10000 That broke me. Let me tell you what I didn't do. I didn't give him the money and say, pray for me, Pastor. No, it was a faith seed because I heard God say it, and I knew that if I was obedient, God would bless me. This level, the 10,000 level, I, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I went from revelation into calculation. And I started looking at how much money we brought in every week and how much money I could save out of that. And then my mind started thinking about any other avenue that I could find money. Look at the person next to you and say, when the Lord speaks to you and you get revelation... Don't go into calculation. Don't try and figure out how you're going to do it in your own ability. Stand on the word. Declare the word. Trust the Lord because he'll bring the seed if he told you to sow it. Are you with me? And so I was really struggling in my mind how I was going to put the offering together to give to him. And so we invited a pastor to come here and minister over summer, and Pastor Alex came, and he was ministering here, and he walked. I was sitting right there. He walked right by me, and he was preaching, and he looked at me, and he said, the Lord told me to give you $10,000. Who was in that meeting? Personally. Personally. The Lord told me to give you $10,000 personally. I was shocked. I was like, the Lord shall provide. And so I got the $10,000 to give to Pastor Rodney. The minute I got the $10,000, the Lord said to me, Now, Pastor Rodney laid hands on you and you received an impartation. But Pastor Eric laid hands on, on your wife. You need to give him an offering of $5,000 too. So I was like, All right, Lord, you provide it. I'll give it. A couple of weeks later, I got invited to go minister at a church. I went to minister at the church, and the pastor said, the Lord told me to give you a $5,000 check personally. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're learning a good lesson here tonight. If the Lord tells you to do something, you can do it. Say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Anytime the Lord speaks, the provision is there. It's not a formula. It's having a relationship with God. And simply hearing what He has to say and then doing it. Do you know in that year, I think we gave $37,000 over and above our tithes and offerings that came in supernaturally. 
And so family, I'm here to tell you that, that there is an ability to produce wealth outside of what you understand with your brain. And that God is able to put resources in your hand and provide things for the work that He wants to do. Can you say amen? And so tonight, we're bringing our offerings to the Lord. And we're going to honor Him. And I want you to understand that the Lord loves you and He sees your heart in your giving. And we are a blessed house. We have blessed people in this house that hear the Lord, that love the Lord and obey the Lord. And I'm proud to be a pastor of this house. This is the most epic group of people. And I'm so thankful that we can just be who we are and you still show up. Amen? And something that I've realized is that when God breaks you through to that level, you get sustained on that level. And this broke us into international ministry. This broke us into us getting our home. It's because we were obedient. Amen? And so when the Lord says, in the next 10 years, you're going to build in Kenya, you're going to build a national model. Like, I know from history, my track record with the Lord, that if He's provided everything up until this point, then He's going to be faithful to do what He said we can do in the next season. Amen? And if you're part of this house, I'm telling you the truth. There's certain people in this house that God is going to raise up to be multimillionaires. But it won't be by your intelligence. It'll be by His Spirit. He's going to pour out wisdom in your life, and He's going to lead you to create the wealth. Are you with me? And maybe not, not every person in here is going to have a multi-million dollar business. There's certain people that God will call to do that. But there's a part to play for every single person. Can you say amen? And live by the measure of faith that God has given you. Stay within the boundaries of what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. And as God increases you, then you, you're able to give more. Amen? God doesn't want you suffering. Look at the person next to you and tell them, God doesn't want you suffering. Thank you, Father. If you have your offering ready. I just want you to stand. I want to pray over the offering before you sow it. If you're standing with your spouse, grab hands. Or with your family, grab hands. This is a holy moment. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus is our high priest. We as men receive the tithes and offerings here on earth, but He receives them in heaven. Amen? You're storing up treasure in heaven. It's holy, it's precious. It comes from our hearts, God, with love, because we love you, Lord. Father, tonight as we've prepared our gifts to give, God, I know that you see our hearts and you see these offerings. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we want to say thank you for being so good to us.
Thank you for always providing for us, God. You meet every one of our needs, Lord. Everything that we've ever needed, you've always provided, God. And Father, I thank you tonight as we, your people, have this opportunity to honor you and bring our gifts to this house, Lord, so that we can do the work that you're calling us to do. Father, I ask that from heaven, that you would pour out your wisdom upon us, Lord God. Father, I ask that you would give us the true riches of heaven, Lord God. You said that if we would be faithful and honest with unrighteous mammon, that you would pour out the true riches of heaven. And God, even as Solomon asked for wisdom, we ask for wisdom so that we can fulfill what you've called us to do in the earth, Lord God. So that we could generate the wealth to build the kingdom and fulfill the assignment, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you that this weekend is a breakthrough weekend for this house, God. For every person in this house, Lord God. Our lives will never, ever be the same again after this weekend, God. This house will never be the same again, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless every giver here tonight. And I thank you, Lord God, for the increase that is coming to their lives. I declare divine increase on every side in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Now, before we give our offerings tonight, I want to tell you one last story. I was working at a, as a youth pastor for a ministry, and my pastor asked me to share the offering. And he started using me to share the offering every now and then. And I never, ever wanted to just tell people what I'd heard preached. And so I would go to the Lord and I'd say, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And when he asked me to share in the offering and I went to the Lord and I prayed and I asked the Lord to tell me what to tell the people, that night I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw myself in a suit and I got up on the stage and I stood before the congregation. And as people took their tithes and offerings and the buckets came down the aisles, as soon as they put their offerings in the buckets, I saw angels appear behind them and the angels were holding things. Some angels were holding gifts that were wrapped with these beautiful bows. And other angels were holding these giant, like water jar type looking things. And both groups of angels, those with gifts and those with these giant jar things, were standing ready to pour out and bless the people. And while I stood on the stage and I was watching what was happening during the offering time, I realized that the people in the congregation, when they were giving, they were not expecting to receive anything from the Lord. And I want you to know tonight that the minute you give something, God wants to pour out spiritual wisdom, gifting, and blessing on your life. Never give an offering. The Bible says, give and you shall receive. In this moment tonight, I want you to know that as you put your offering in the bucket, open your heart to receive 
what heaven wants to pour out into your life tonight. Can you say amen? Dancing, yeah, I feel like singing, singing. When your joy comes upon me, all that I can do is start dancing, dancing. Yeah, I feel like dancing, dancing. Yeah, I feel like singing, singing. When your peace overwhelms me, I have joy that's never ending. I'm singing, singing. There's nothing more precious than you. I can't help but lift up your name. You are the way, the truth, and life.